Welcome to this episode of the Moss Valley Pod, recorded for Tuesday, the 23rd of June. It's great to have you here and thanks for listening. Coming up in this episode, the answers to Friday's advertising-themed Brain of the Week. We also welcome Rachel to the pod once again. As it's a summer break from college for her, you'll get to hear quite a bit of her over the course of the next few weeks. It'll make a change for you from just having to listen to me rabbiting on. For this pod, she'll be leading us in prayer shortly. But before then, our reading today is about what happens when Jesus meets a crippled woman in the synagogue on a Sabbath. It can be found in Luke chapter 13, verses 10 to 21. Now, Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath, and just then, there appeared a woman with a spirit that had crippled her for 18 years. She was bent over and was quite unable to stand up straight. When Jesus saw her, he called her over and said, Woman, you are set free from all your ailment. When he laid his hands on her, immediately she stood up straight and began praising God. But the leader of the synagogue, indignant because Jesus had cured on the Sabbath, kept saying to the crowd, There are six days on which work ought to be done. Come on those days and be cured, and not on the Sabbath day. But the Lord answered him and said, You hypocrites! Does not each of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or his donkey from the manger and lead it away to give it water? And ought not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan bound for eighteen long years, be set free from this bondage on the Sabbath day? When he said this, all his opponents were put to shame, and the entire crowd was rejoicing at all the wonderful things that he was doing. He said, therefore, what is the kingdom of God like, and to what should I compare it? It is like a mustard seed that someone took and sowed in the garden. It grew and became a tree, and the birds of the air made nests in its branches. And again he said, To what should I compare the kingdom of God? It is like yeast that a woman took and mixed in with three measures of flour until all of it was leavened. How often do we let our own prejudices get in the way of witnessing something truly amazing? Here we have the story of a woman who spent 18 years bent double, unable to look up or stand up straight, her worldview would have been severely limited. That's without mention of the pain she would likely have been in. Anyone with a bad back will tell you how painful they can be. Imagine that lasting 18 years. We also have the leader of the synagogue. He is the person who is looked up to in society. He's the one who was custodian of faith, responsible for helping people to find God. He's the master of the rules declaring what God is up to and keeping people on the straight and narrow so God doesn't get annoyed. But which one finds God? Is it the leader of the synagogue who's devoted his life to crossing T's and dotting I's? Or is it the woman in pain who knows her need of mercy? In the midst of Jesus' healing, the synagogue leader has missed God's miracle because it didn't conform to his rules or way of thinking. Then, having missed it, 
He busies himself making sure that everyone else would miss it too. Yet, as they would all find out, they're all rule breakers. They've all got things the wrong way round. Often, our own ideas of right and wrong, the ways that we see things around us, and our preconceptions mean that we miss out on the blessings that are all around us. Because they've come in unexpected ways, we allow them to drift past without being noticed. On other occasions, we misinterpret what we see and hear. Sometimes we just get it plain wrong. But if we have a God of freedom, it seems sensible that God sometimes acts outside our frames of reference. The question is, what blessings are we missing out on because we either don't recognise them or refuse to believe them because they're from too far in left field? Let us pray. If you wish to join in with the prayers, when I say, Lord, receive our praise, please respond and hear our prayer. Lord God, through your grace, we are your people. Through your Son, you have redeemed us. In your Spirit, you have made us your own. Lord, receive our praise and hear our prayer. We pray for the Church of England and all the provinces of the Anglican Communion. Fill our parishes and dioceses with love. Inspire our bishops, priests and deacons and help us to live the gospel inside and outside our church buildings. Lord, receive our praise and hear our prayer. We pray for the world, for all the places damaged by war, poverty and disease. We pray for all who work to bring relief and comfort. Help us to do our part. Make our lives bear witness to your glory in the world. Lord, receive our praise and hear our prayer. We pray for the sick and those in need. We pray for everyone affected by COVID-19 and for anyone whose medical treatment for other conditions has been impacted by the crisis. We pray for all carers and thank you for their service. Help us to see how we can contribute. Make our wills eager to obey and our hands ready to heal. Lord, receive our praise and hear our prayer. We pray for the dying and those who sit with them, for the recently bereaved that you will comfort them, for the departed and those who miss them. Keep our hearts fixed on the promise of the resurrection. Lord, receive our praise and hear our prayer. Merciful Father, accept these prayers for the sake of your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. Let us pray together the prayer that Jesus taught us. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. 
for the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. Well done to all those of you who've had a go at becoming this week's Brain of the Week. As promised on Friday, here are the answers to this week's quiz on the theme of advertising. Number one, anytime, any place, anywhere, was Martini. Number two, was up, was Budweiser. Anybody else remember the Budweiser lizards? Brilliant. Uh, number three, probably the best beer in the world, Carlsberg. Number four, Australians wouldn't give a XXXX about anything else. Here's Castlemaine 4X. Number five, a diamond is forever. That is De Beers, the diamond merchant. I did say the answers were only to do with drinks and not drinks companies. Number six, stays sharp to the bottom of the glass. Harp Lager. Number seven, refreshes the parts other beers cannot reach, Heineken. Number eight, follow the bear, is Hofmeister. Number nine, reassuringly expensive, Stella Artois. Number 10, Australian for beer, Foster's. Number 11, who wants to see all the little bunny wunnies then? John Smith's. Number 12, unmistakable German craftsmanship is Beck's. Number 13, good things come to those who wait, Guinness. Number 14, 1664, a good year for beer, it's Cronenberg. And number 15, cream of Manchester is Boddington's. Let us know how you got on. If you're interested, there's a link in the episode description to the free pub quiz website where I snaffled this quiz. The next Brain of the Week will be coming out on Friday and is going to be set by Rachel. I did say that you'd be hearing quite a bit of her over the next few weeks. Many thanks for listening to the Moss Valley Pod, recorded in Eckington, Derbyshire, England. This has been made possible by the good people at Anchor.fm, sending you all good wishes. Until next time, take care, be safe, God bless.